Yes, guys, what's good? You have tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio's South Asian show. My name is Gerns, and I'm joined here by Damshi's Tamil herself, Miss Priya Raghu. How are you doing? Hey, I'm really good. I'm really good. Um, so, the sun is shining in Switzerland, so... You know what? For once, it's actually shining over here as well. So <laughs> take, we'll take it while we can. I'm sure you know from like living in the UK for a bit that the weather yeah. is a bit hit and miss here, but man yeah i mean the sun barely was shining at the time when i was there like yeah. a few weeks ago so i really really appreciate it yeah yeah no i can imagine so obviously um the main focus of our interview today thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us by the way it's an honor to speak to you today but um main focus today is your new single luminous which has just come out however in order to talk about that um, and the future obviously i thought we'd give like a little bit of context in terms of your musical journey so far so um up until a few years ago um which i recently found out you were working in the airline industry right so what was it that made you make decisions to actually stop doing that and pursue music full-time um i was doing music um for years now but it's not like i wrote my own song or anything it was more like i uh, was uh, singing at open mics and jam sessions i did some featurings with local swiss artists uh, but i never really had the courage to write my own songs so in 2017 i was like okay i have this gift and i really should use it um but I've, I don't find the time to really explore. And so I just decided to quit my job, save some money and then go to New York just to um, be free in a way, you know, um, and to write my own songs, to, to uh, make music um, without having any expectations, you know. Sure. So, and obviously that's worked out for you because look at where you are now. Like since then you've released like a stream of um, well-performing singles, um, Chicken Lemon Rice, Good Love 2.0, all of them, which have formed your debut mixtape, Damn She's Tumble, which is such a unique blend of R&B, dancehall, and then also the traditional Tumble influences as well. So. I listened to the album again before um, this interview just because I really wanted to get into the mood of what your sound's about and it is such a unique sound because it's a blend of all these genres so I wanted to know like how do you actually go about putting that together like is there a process or does it just come naturally to you? I mean I work with my brother Jeff McGold he is my producer and we both write the songs together and it somehow does come naturally it's um because it's not forced in a way that we have to blend in um both cultures um it just really happened organically and sometimes in some songs it comes naturally and and in in some songs you don't hear the the fusion you know so yeah it's just um you can't really say it's 50 50. sure and obviously um like you say your brothers um helped produce and write some of your music but then also i was surprised to find out recently that also your parents actually had contribution towards some tracks on your um, mixtape so 
what what's it like actually being in that position where you're able to actually um work together with your own family to create music oh, that's so special to be honest um it's like none of us are like we didn't study music um my father he was always uh, musically talented but back in the days he didn't have that opportunity to study music um but as soon as he came to switzerland he um created a own band and um i was also in that band as a singer i was 10 years old my brother was playing the keys my father was playing the tabla and then there were some other uncles playing guitar and bass uh so so it was just like it brought us a lot of joy um making music it was an escape for all of us from from our eight to five job um and it's just you know connected us on a different level and also that was the moment when i realized that i have a talent and that i um actually my father was the one who introduced me to singing but then it was Tamil music, so Tamil songs was very difficult for me to sing. Um, so at that time, I didn't really enjoy it. Uh, but as soon as I discovered like new soul music, R&B, hip hop, I felt like, wow, these songs are very, um, I feel more comfortable singing uh, songs from Lauren Hill or Gary. Um, yeah sure and I, I know you've spoken before about how you would listen to and and perform these um songs in private but your family was a bit um hesitant towards um accepting these more western genres um has that changed now that obviously you've created such this nice blend of both western and tamil influence yeah i mean it definitely changed uh throughout the years. I mean, I'm older now, so they better accept it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, um, in my early teens, they were really struggling with that, me listening to Western music, me watching MTV. Um, they just thought it's bad influence and um, that I wouldn't, it would distract me from my studies. studies. At the same time, my brother was in a band, in a hip hop band, He he's a rapper and um, so he saw that he is taking that path and he's like you know he's not focused on the studies and uh they were really scared that i would take the same path so they did everything for me to <laughs> to you know make it not happen but it's turned out all right in the end doesn't it At the end it did turn out well yeah i mean I just felt like I didn't need that approval from them. Uh, at the same time, I could have also been that kid who, who was like, you know what, I don't care. I don't need them, I'm just doing my own thing. But at the same time, I needed that blessing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you, you know, with Asian parents, you try to um, fulfill their expectations and do music at the same time, but I was just not sharing it with them. Mm. Um, so I was just telling myself until I reached a certain level, I'll, I'll be able to tell them, you know, but, but they always knew that, that I was singing here and there and doing my thing. Sure. So obviously, um, coming to the present, you've 
um, released your first single outside of the um, Damshi's Tamil um, mixtape, which is Illuminous, um, along with some really nice visuals as well. And um, listening to the track, I'd say listening to the lyrics like the message that i get from it is it's a bit of like a self-love full of affirmations type of track yeah. is that is that what you're trying to get across i do i mean that's you got it right uh but at the same time it's also like a up tempo party track you know mm. letting lows and have fun uh but it also describes the like how i feel at the moment and I, you know, because in 2017, I decided to do music and quit my job and just took that leap of faith for my talent and um, my purpose. So I did that and now I feel like I'm shining from inwards out. And yeah, it's like, that's how I feel right now. <laughs> do you feel since had such positive reception and from your music so far and so many people global um, globally have actually enjoyed it and you, you're aware yes. of this do you feel in a bit more of a position where you feel okay like i can actually take more risks and i can actually do be more um because i mean you're already really creative musically but do you feel like okay i can actually try lots of different things now because people are on, on board with this yeah, I mean, I had that feeling anyway before, before I uh, had um, like this audience, you know, because um, I mean, the genre that I'm, um, I'm that I call my music is uh, ragu wavy. And that's because I really don't want to limit myself within a genre. And I have so many influences. My brother has a lot of influences. So it's like, you know we're we're free to create whatever we want to and i always felt felt like that you know okay that's good then so it's not necessarily too much of a shift it's just nice to have that affirmation from that people are actually um engaging with and enjoying it yeah and it's it's even more beautiful to see that people are connecting with it you know uh, so it's a win-win situation sure so um, this new single, like I said, it's got some really nice visuals, which I think is something that um, I have enjoyed with all your music so far, is that it's all had really nice accompanying um, visuals, very vibrant and colourful and thematic as well. Um, and I think, yeah, and I think I also like, you can see like your style is embodied within them. So, and I think we've seen artists before where they don't necessarily see music as a single performing entity. They've got you've got the music, you've got the visuals, you've got the styling. It's all like its own sort of art form. Would you, would you say that you're someone who tries to go down that route of like sort of being like very like creative and um, thinking very carefully about how you're presenting yourself? Um. Yes, definitely. I wouldn't say carefully, but maybe like um, it's, it's a lot of fun to be able to create um, this together with uh, my teammates, you know, I work with Nisha on styling uh, since day one. And it's just so interesting to see how we're like growing with each video. And um, so 
so yeah it's actually a lot of fun and i think that's the key when you're uh, creating videos like that or when you're creating music yeah yeah no because i think even some of your um, more slow tempo tracks in the past they've still even though they've maybe been a bit more um solemn and um a bit more serious you've yeah. still got that like fun element to the visuals like they've still been like vibrant they've still been they're still like being very much reflective of in what, what i would presume reflective of you as a person so i presume that you, you have quite a say in like how you want these visuals to end up looking definitely yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um so usually how it works is we have a song and um and then you know we we receive a lot of treatments for the video or if i have like a vision sometimes i even have uh, for some songs a certain idea um and then it's just up to me and the director you know how Sweet. we to see how we want to do this video and then we take it from there cool so you spoke a bit before about how you've got your influences of the class of like sort of neo soul like lauren hill etc um is there anyone out there currently either western or tamil or asian or anything um, anyone out there that you have particularly got your eye on that you think oh they're actually doing i i like what they're doing musically at the moment um i would say kanye west <laughs> yeah even though it's I controversial it's still like yeah. I, you know what i you know i'm not surprised at all because you know when i was talking before about the people that are very like um creative in the way that they display their music he, he is one of them like even like all the stuff with pete davidson and that like it's still it's still art you know what i mean yeah, like it's true. still yeah musically you know uh it's just like a is it just hits differently you know and mm -hmm. um and every time he's able to come up with something new so yeah sure. i really, really connect with that so mm -hmm. yeah no that, that makes it's really kind of west yeah yeah that makes really. perfect sense mm -hmm. so probably coming to the end of the interview now like the past couple of years have been crazy for you like i can only imagine um sort of like skyrocketed to this position and i'm so glad that um that has happened for you um obviously as well you've got you were nominated for bbc radio one's um, sound of 2022 so congratulations on that thank you thank you uh, so much no, honestly it was so great to see your name up there and it was really i think refreshing to see um a brown person there as well and especially someone like you with so much like talent as well um so big achievements over the past couple of years but what's coming up next for you in 2022 and beyond um yeah i mean honestly if i look back now so many things happen and i'm incre incredibly grateful it's not what i've expected at all you know even like me as an artist from switzerland breaking out internationally is just something that you don't really see you know from switzerland mm. so that already is a big thing and um for this year it's um yeah we i'm gonna go to the us next week 
I have a, a little tour there, um, playing at the Southwest South uh, Festival. Um, and then I have, I'm playing at different festivals all over the world. And um, in May, I'm supporting Jungle in Europe. Uh, I'm working on my next project um, at the same time. So yeah, a lot of things is going on and it's it's really insane, man. Like, it's been already two years and I'm still like, is this really happening? <laughs> Yeah, for real. And I think for it all to happen in the midst of um, COVID and everything as well must have been even more surreal. It's such a a weird time to, but then also like, I feel like you wonder like if stuff, if COVID hadn't happened, would that, you know, like the whole, the whole trickle effect, like, oh, if this hadn't happened, would this have happened sort of thing? But Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. It's been really nice to see you as an artist, like come to the forefront in the past couple of years so definitely look forward to continue seeing you at the forefront because that's the thing as well like one thing that I'm really glad about is that um the public isn't just confining you to the Asian box like I've seen that and I know of people who are not Asian who love and enjoy your music and everything that you do and it's just so nice to see that because you do find sometimes that artists who are asian even though they might produce music that isn't necessarily asian they get like sort of boxed off and not necessarily yeah, yeah. so it's, it's really nice to see that that isn't happening to you so yeah yeah, yeah. i mean even like uh when i had my europe tour in november um, just to see the audience, it was really like multicultural and it was really, really beautiful to see. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that my music is connecting um, across the borders, you know, and uh, yeah, let's see what the year brings. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you honestly it's been an honor speaking to you today um do you want to just maybe let us know your socials so any listeners who don't already follow you can check out your stuff yeah um you can find me on instagram it's priya ragu official and um if you want to check out my tour dates it's um priya-ragu.com and and then i'm on spotify and uh, all the digital digital platforms it's Dave Starlight on Pi Radio, Manchester's number one youth-led radio station. If you're just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name is Gerns. Because the song gonna finish. The song has finished. No, it hasn't. You just haven't got your headphones on. Put your headphones on, Alima. Because <laughs> I always forget, like I like I like not having my um, headphones in, but then I forget when Simran's in studio. I need to have them in. Sorry, guys. Testing, testing, Simran, you there? Hi. Oh, yeah, I can hear Simran. <sighs> and that is currently number one in the UK. It's just Simran. I'm so sure you're very happy about. I was I'm just so happy for him. I was just saying off air. Um, not that I don't like the trap, but I'm surprised that that's gone to number one just because yeah. it's a bit slower than what you'd expect to be at number one. Mm-hmm. 
I actually don't like that song very much. I was going to say, I don't think it's Dave's best from Yeah, and also, I think it's Squid Game that messed up that sample for me because, you know, they did that first game that was really <coughs> violent. Oh. Um, Red Light, Green Light. Yeah, did they play that was song it? then? I don't even remember. Yeah, that's the song that towards the end, they're like running, like trying to pass and they're like playing that song. And then, you know, the um, Asian guy grabs the character, I've forgotten all their names now, but he like holds him by the back of his jumper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's they're playing back that song and the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like it really like I'm a bit scarred from that song. <laughs> it's weird how like certain things can make you think different things about songs. You know, I mean, like everyone relates stuff yeah. to their own individual stuff. Yeah. How have you been, Simran, Halima? What's going on? Um, I don't really have any exciting updates to be honest. It's been a very stressful week at work. I've been complaining yeah. to Carla. Yes. No, you should be sending a screenshot. <laughs> like yesterday, you sent like that screenshot of like your Google my um, diary. diary, and I was just like, what? What am I meant to get from that? I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> like I've been I've been back to back like meetings all day like this entire. I'm, I've been, I've been put on a new project and um before. My, I don't know. I don't want to. Jo- I don't want to bore the viewers with my job. But like, I was doing. A, I was in a project before that wasn't my role. So like, I'm a tech consultant, but I was outsourced to a different project where I was doing project management, and that was calm. But now I'm doing an actual tech role, and it's my first tech role like since being at this job. And the job has just gone from zero to a hundred, and I, and I haven't. It's just it's been a lot. It's been stressful. Fair. How's him master's life simmering? I nearly cussed. I'm so stressed. Um, it's always the ones where I'm stressed. I've got makeup on because it's like the one thing I can do. Like, I'm like I have a reason yeah. to do my makeup on radio. I'm gonna sit there and like, make myself feel better. I've got a really big deadline on Monday, mm. and I've restarted it a bunch of times. And <clears throat> it's the first time I've started a piece really early, like not letting myself do this last minute stuff yet, but I've just restarted it a bunch of times. So I'm like, what's the point? I'm at square one, two days before the deadline regardless. Yeah, but you're perfecting it as you go along. That's how you need to think of it. Like if yeah, it was just the first you. draft, it probably wouldn't have been mm. as good. Yeah, and you would have like restarted it <clears throat> or you would have, wouldn't have been yeah. able to restart it. Yeah, exactly. It. So. Yeah, good point. But yeah, it's uh, stressful. I, like, when do you finish? Um, what, my degree? Yeah. Um, my exams go on until early June, oh, but okay. my dis will go on until September. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we've got a while. Yeah. Anyway, on to more important things. Sorry, Simran. But, right. We I never feel- asked Carlos, how are you? How am I? I was just thinking that. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm I'm saying before I'm really dehydrated and oh we're no. out of water here at Pie Radios. So I'm really sad. <laughs> like, Mm-mm, not on. It's Follow right. Me. Simran's showing off because she's got her Archie water bottle. You know what? This isn't good for you because you know we're already on separate teams here, like on either end of the Ooh. screens. Like, mm-hmm. just gonna go into what we're talking about next, right? Oh, great this, segue. Yeah. Door, <laughs> segue king. Yeah. Doors v. Wheels, right? So this <laughs> is the debate that has been mm-hmm. proper going off mm-hmm. on socials for the past week, I'd say. I don't know how it came about. It's probably just some random person tweeted on Twitter. Like, it just took it's off. It's one of them ones that's very thought-provoking. TikTok. TikTok. I think it was TikTok. And I think mm-hmm. someone literally just said, like, oh... I, I think this is how it started. Some girl on her family group chat, her brother just put the question in the group chat and then she took the TikTok and then it just became this huge thing. Ugh. It is very t- uh, thought-provoking. For those who aren't aware, essentially the question is, is, are there more doors or wheels in the world? 
Mm. And I, I personally, I'm team wheels. I am team doors. What are you, Carlos? I am team doors. Yes. Although, yep. Although people, have, I just don't understand. People have been kind of been coming at me since since we put that out on the Mango Masala socials. People have been saying, "Oh, how can you think that?" Blah blah blah. Like, you know what? <laughs> I want to plead my case. Let me plead my right. case. Uh, you know what? I think we need to do a heads or tails to who who gets to go. Oh, uh, go on. Right. I say heads. Right, Simran, your tails. <clears throat> and it's whoever gets to go first, right? Okay. It's flipping. Okay. Heads, right? Leave me. Hey. So, I think it's doors because if you think about the things that have wheels right you gotta think of it from like a global perspective like a lot of the, the things that people say for wheels are mostly like transportation so things like cars bikes motorcycles if you think about the global south like a lot of people don't have transportation like that then people say things like trolleys like what supermarket in the global south has a trolley there's not one single shop in bangladesh that i've ever been to that has trolleys things like that doors however most people have some kind of dwelling right and even people who don't have like even in a mud hut for example even the poorest of poor people like if they're lucky enough to have like a roof over their head and and this is what the debate i was having with my family right what is a door because this is this is why it's so philosophical because then then you got to start defining things and according to google a door is a like revolving or sliding um uh, uh, uh barrier like some kind of mechanism barrier some kind of barrier with a mechanism to close off a space yeah. right so then if you think about in a house all all the all rooms have a door even if like you've got a mud hut and it's got like a piece of fabric in the front that's technically a door right mm. cars have numerous doors in, in the um western world as well that do have like more like technology uh-huh. etc you've got like microwaves um doors yeah. all, your, all your appliances have doors yeah. as well so <laughs> i and i just think i think my point was i was speaking to my dad about it and he was saying oh no surely it's wheels because of cars and i said yeah but a lot of cars will have as many doors, doors exactly. as they have wheels exactly like, because a boot is a door like when you buy a yeah. car you buy a five door car right so cars mm. will have like four wheels but five doors yeah now I think okay let's <laughs> let's let for those who can't see Simran is no. getting visibly <laughs> exasperated right, you go, lot go, like go on, crying Sim. my brain hang on go on Simran I'm taking my gum out for this <laughs> <laughs> yo what the, what the have you switched teams no! Oh, come on! Solid on this wheels thing. Yo, okay, right. I don't even know where to start. There are more wheels than doors, okay? Even with cars, yeah, there's a steering wheel. There's four wheels on it, and there's usually a spare one in the back, yeah? So that's already six to five for every car. Then look at ones like lorries. Some of them have like 16 wheels on them. They're like 16 wheelers. You've got bikes, you've got hot wheels. Those don't have functioning doors. Then you have doors, sliding doors, all have little wheels on them. Drawers have wheels inside of them. There was this TikTok about this guy. He, you know, there's like typical round door handles, wheel inside of that to open it. There's like warehouses. I have I have a TikTok saved just to show you lot, yeah? <laughs> um, the whole floor was wheels because they they have to transport things they're like transporting things right they're moving things around whole floor was wheels um suitcases in in a skyscraper like with offices and that 
hella rooms all have a door yeah but i can guarantee you in every single one of those rooms there's at least one chair with five wheels on it i still don't think you're thinking globally enough you're just thinking about things yeah, in the but, western yeah, world every, every country has every country has cars and lorries and trucks but not as not as not as many as as they do have doors i don't think Look because like you have to think yeah most of the world's Look population the i can't see it out my glasses the <laughs> That my glasses on. Hold that, on. That, 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 okay, that, that's, <laughs> that's one example, though, Simran. That's like, a lot of wheels. That is, that is a lot of wheels. You have, but like, you have like conveyor belts, and the whole thing is wheels. You know, at the airport, when you put your suitcase on it, which, by the way, has wheels, you it goes <laughs> along a thing that's pure wheels. Nah, I still think I still think it's a very Western perspective because if you think like most of the population, all you door people, yeah, all you door people, yeah, you're clutching, you're clutching at straws here. Do you know how many people I've seen that have said, "Oh, advent calendars"? Like, no. <laughs> Advent calendars do not count. I mean, yeah. mm. I mean, even without advent calendars, I still think there's more wheels because literally, if you think oh, about, oh, go on, huh? You just said there's more wheels. Oh, I meant I meant more doors. Don't. I'm just. Yeah. I'm tired today, man. I meant to say doors. I meant to say doors. There's more doors because if you think about the, if you think about most of the world's population, they do live in like the global south, right? And most of the world's population is like, where? I mean, what's the statistic? We're richer than like seventy percent of the world, or something like that. So if you think about it, most of the world can't afford like even transportation. But what they will have is like some kind of dwelling with some kind of sliding or revolving mechanism to 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 sliding, close off their space. All sliding, all sliding doors have wheels anyway, so that's cancelled out. But I'm no, they sure don't. The like of, revolving, revolving. Yeah, they do. Look inside. Find a drawer or a, any kind of sliding door. There's a little wheel on to help it go slide across. I can look in my drawer right now. Well, most of them don't have sliding doors. They just have. So when I say sliding doors, I mean like I mean like open and close like that. I don't mean the. the 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 horizontally sliding but, ones but there's still so many cars now like there's so many cars and methods of transport and lorries even countries that are like the poorest they have lorries obviously to like transport they need to transport and like export and whatever whatever those all have wheels mm. i'm not so wheels I, I don't understand how you can't be sold you know what like, the annoying that, thing is is that we're never gonna know like there's, there's, yeah. there's no know, way but, but the logic only says wheels no i don't agree i think the logic says doors look at the room i know what that room that you're in right now looks like there's three <laughs> if not four chairs with wheels on them yeah and one door yeah, yeah but this is one example like how many recordings how 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 frequently how many, do you come across a recording like studio exist in the world look in my room right now one two three four five wheels and one door actually your wardrobe is a door <laughs> actually, okay, so three to five. actually i believe that your your um cupboard or your like desk probably has like a pull out thing yeah, or yeah and, each, and each of them and each of them have two wheels in it mm. oh. nah i still mm, think doors no. uh, one thing that i did not consider which um naman the artist um he like messaged us on mango masala he said that um he said a point about toys, which I didn't really think about. Do you think about toys? Yeah. There are. I think that's one thing where I'm like, there are a lot more toys that will have wheels mm-hmm. than Look doors. Look at hot, hot Wheels, and they don't have functional doors. So that was one thing where I was like, okay, yeah, that that makes it a bit more of a competition. However, I still, I just feel like that. <clears throat> no. Yeah, I, doors. I feel. I still like feel. Doors. I still feel like it's doors as well, man. Can, can we just talk though, like? Put put this animosity to the side. <laughs> Can we just talk about like how stuff like this just takes off? Like how the most random 
like debate. Do you remember that blue, the blue and the black yeah, dress and the white yeah. and the gold dress? I literally saw both. Like it depended on the day. Like I think I think I don't understand. I can't remember what I saw, but I don't understand how people could see the other one, the one yeah. that I didn't see. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's, it's just you know, it's, it's things that are like fascinating, they're intriguing, that get people thinking, but not thinking too deeply, right? Like not yeah. not kind of like it's not serious. It's not like politics where you're gonna sit and be depressed over it. It's something that you can really uh-huh. mull over and think about, but it's just it's inconsequential uh, ultimately, right? It doesn't matter whether yeah, it's just it's kind of nice though. It's just like sometimes it's <clears> nice <throat> to just debate about silly things like mm-hmm, that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Maybe we need to anyway. Start the answer was up. wheels though. Sorry, sorry, Simran, you're cutting out there. Didn't, didn't quite catch that. Well, I've got one. <laughs> Who would win in a fight, the sun or one trillion lions? Well, I thought you were going to say you would win in a fight, me or Simran. No, the sun <laughs> or one trillion lions? The sun. Obviously, the sun. But can you can you guys stop for a second and fathom one trillion lions? Yeah, but the lions couldn't even get close enough to fight it. But what if they're all attacked at the same time? And like, defiant, how do you fight the sun? <laughs> Like imagine, imagine there was one trillion. I don't know what the answer is, but imagine I like think it's very obvious that the sun would just burn them all alive. No, if you think about one, guys, guys, you're not thinking deeply enough. You're not thinking hard enough. Imagine, stop for a second and try to visually imagine one trillion lions. Trillion. I don't think one trillion lions would even be as big as the sun. Yeah. One trillion guys. Are we aware yeah. of our numbers here? One are you aware trillion. Of how big the sun is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but one trillion. How do you fight the sun, guys? One right. trillion. Carlos, Carlos, turn Halima down just a bit, please. <laughs> guys, <laughs> in my ears, man. come on. She's hurting my ears. One trillion lions. <laughs> Maybe the sun would win, but surely there'd be more of a a fight you know than right. just yeah the sun's are you letting her derail this right you know what guys this next music that we're going to play is a bit of a chill oh, i think we're going to use this chill I'm period knackered. to calm down and whilst we're doing that i'm going to look up the dimensions of the sun okay i'm going to look up the dimension of a lion yeah. times about a trillion and we're going to find out which one is bigger okay all right I fine don't think I've ever- I don't think I've ever been so into a debate on this show. We, so we asked the, we ask the important stuff. questions the wheels, here on Mango Masala. The wheels really got me, man. The wheels and the doors really got me. We're asking the important questions here. Anyway, Halima, this is your yeah. This track. is this is um, Leon Bridges, and I can't say the name of this band, but they're like a, they do a lot of production, and they're just great. And um, they released an EP together. First, they called Texas Sun, and now they released another EP together called Texas Moon. And this is Mariella, and I love it, and I love Leon Bridges, and I'm gonna see him this year, and I'm so excited. And if you're listening, kiss, kiss, kiss. Definitely listening. Um, just say as well, this is a radio edit, so if you want to hear the full thing, make sure you go and check it out. Are you nice and rested after that chilled <laughs> music break? Yeah, calm down. After <laughs> the heated debate, guys. Well, if, for those of you that didn't know, we had a bit of the whole doors vs wheels, are there more in the world debate. We'll put that to one side now, but just before we played the music, Halima had a lot to say about <laughs> whether... One- I, I didn't, I wasn't taking a stance. Mm. I just thought it was quite thought-provoking. Back, was, backtracking now. Was it one trillion lions or the sun? So basically, during the break, I looked it up and the basically the surface area of one trillion lions is only about a third of the whole sun so 
But yeah. then, but and then, then Lima gave a whole shouting match about, do you know your numbers? <laughs> but then, but then, guys, someone made a very interesting point, and they said the Lions would win if they attacked at night. And I, <laughs> and I think, and I think, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's very smart. No, no comment. <laughs> So there we go. We've settled it. Lions in the nighttime. <laughs> anyway, that is um, enough of Mango Masala's silly content. Does Oxford Union <laughs> debate? <laughs> um, on to slightly more serious stuff now. Um, obviously, on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, that really ha- tickled Simran. Simran, we're trying to be serious. I'm trying to segue here, and you're ruining the segue. I really tickled her. Don't make me put you on mute, okay? Oh. <laughs> right, so on Tuesday it was International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thought you wouldn't find that funny, Simran. No? <laughs> right. So yeah, International Women's Day. <clears throat> so obviously to you, to you, Happy Women's Day and that. Yeah. <laughs> Gave a little shout out on Instagram. You're welcome. I know that was so cute. I don't have Instagram. Yeah, and when, when are you getting Instagram? Back I think so. It's Ramadan next month. I'll probably get it at the end of Ramadan, so end of April, start of May probably people have been asking me everyone's missing me all my fans are missing me we need the likes guys oh wow yeah. okay i'll be back soon i'll be back soon do you know what i have a fitness instagram i'll follow Mangum Masala. i don't know why i didn't think of that i'll follow on that on yeah. there i mean i thought about tagging yours so you've got that finster avenue as well but I don't that's think... gone as well oh, everything's gone. gone yeah everything's oh, gone fair, fair enough Anyway, we've gone off track here. Yeah, sorry. International Women's Day on Tuesday. Yep. And obviously, um, it's been a few days since, but still wanted to commemorate it. And when I put this in the chat, I know Halima, you said you had some thoughts. (laughs) So, passing the mic on to you. I just find it like really bizarre every. Because feminism, I think we've spoken about, I think we've spoken a little bit about it before on the show, right? Like, kind of the distinction between like feminism and like white feminism mm. um <clears throat> and I, oh god i just find it really bizarre like every single every single international women's day like coming online and seeing the ways in like what that day means to like different demographics of women right and it's like you know muslim women or like women of colour like hailing these like revolutionary artists and stuff like that and then there's like white women that are like I don't know it's a bit weird like I don't want just giving a shout out to their mates do you know what I mean do you get what I mean like literally like on the one hand and again obviously everything that I'm saying (laughs) is with a pinch pinch of salt because I'm not a woman but on the one hand um, you've got to take into fact that everything is subjective well see so that's what i wanted to speak about right because actually if you look at what international women's day was it was initially a day to commemorate women in revolution Mm. so literally like revolutionary woman right started because of russia right because i think it i think i saw one of my friends posted it was during the first world war um, women in Russia started um, <coughs> protesting mm-hmm. to end the war because of the impact they was having on the country mm-hmm. and that's how it kind of came mm-hmm. about and mm-hmm. that's kind of ironic given what's happening at the moment yeah, but, yeah. But, I mean that's that's what it was for right like it was it was for and then the way it kind of like grew was it was again in 
line with like it is to commemorate like literally women in revolution right and and then the way that it's been kind of co-op it's really in in general as well it's not really just about international women's day it's just really interesting to see like expressions of like white feminism because it's so far removed from my own reality and and sometimes like when i see the way white women perceive and express and celebrate feminism i'm like wow like that is so just so different to 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 what i perceive feminism to be right or like what feminism is to me or what feminism means to me um like there was there was one there was there was like one white woman for example like um on twitter who she on the on international women's day the way she celebrated was by wearing a t-shirt oh, that said yeah, yeah. do you know what i'm talking about yeah. she wore this t-shirt that said like this nation was built on like the breast milk of um black women or something like that which which she's basically referring to like how like black mummies like how they would like how they would be wet nurses essentially for like yeah. uh, like slaves and and and, and all of them like slave women enslaved women how they would be wet nurses for like white white children white babies um and obviously a lot of white a lot of black women had come forward and been like what what on earth like what on earth like you've come here to basically like trigger and traumatize all of these black women like imagine you're just going about your day and all of a sudden you see something as deeply traumatizing on that on the day the way you're actually supposed to be like celebrating like like revolutionary women and she had she then like doubled down and was kind of like basically not listening and trying to like justify herself and stuff like that but that was just one example but i see things like that all the time right like um Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, like, in my opinion, like, I just think white feminism is just so shallow, right? Like, there's the the kind of, and I'm talking about fem- feminism that's not intersectional, naturally, um, that doesn't consider, like, race and class and, and all of these things. And for them, like, the, the biggest concern is, like, armpit hair you know like um because there was and and it's and it's and it's really interesting the way that they express that feminism as well because i saw i saw them this this like in france i think it was like this protest have we got the same twitter feed probably probably yeah but then there was like this um this protest in like a pro ukraine protest in france and it was just a bunch of white french women naked with you know the ukrainian flag like painted across their breasts and their their like body basically and and it's just so funny because like anytime that like anytime you see white feminism that's basically what it is it's just white women getting naked like getting their like genitals out getting their like breasts out and and it's just like i don't understand how that relates to like how that how that relates to what's going on in ukraine yeah. I don't understand what what that has got to do with what is going on in Ukraine and I just feel like white feminism just misses the mark and it's because it's so self-absorbed like that that woman the example of the woman that I spoke about she wasn't she's so self-absorbed like she was centering herself in in that in that expression of her feminism right she wasn't actually thinking like who am i doing this for who is this benefiting she didn't have that thought process like she wanted to to make this expression to make that statement and she did it not understanding that actually it would traumatize black women any thoughts simran well 
Yeah, I agree with what Helena said, and my view on it has always been like, your feminism isn't feminism if it's not intersectional kind of thing. But International Women's Day, right? I like it. I like the concept. Obviously, what it stands for is amazing. I like but it. It's kind of, it gives me, it gives me Valentine's Day vibes. Yeah, yeah. Trust like, me, trust me, trust me, trust everyone me. Everyone cares about women. Everyone cares about women's history and empowerment, and everyone's the in- Instagram infographic girlies are going crazy on their stories, like you know. And then it's like kind of like Valentine's Day. That's on the day that you show your partner loads of love and you go out of your way and do something special. But that's an everyday thing. You know, it just sets. I think it sets like it sets um, feminism up to be like a, a thing of like lip service, right? There was actually yes, again another thing on Twitter where there was this account that so all of these like because obviously it, it's kind of what it was supposed to be was like this thing to commemorate women in revolution, right? Like it is fundamentally supposed to be like a socialist holiday, and it's been co-opted and commercialized and capitalized upon, and it's now a capitalist thing. And all of these like big corporations and companies and brands were like tweeting there their you know um their token international woman days tweet and there was this one account that was going around to all of these big accounts and quote tweeting them like in this organization yeah. the woman's hourly yeah. median pay is this percentage less this percentage less and it's like almost every single i think the only one that i saw where it was equal was st john's ambulance mm-hmm. and every single every single other company it was women's uh, pay was less um, and it just goes to and, and literally exactly what Simran said like it just goes to show it's just like a neatly packaged like you know um, it's like it's like when companies put like the LGBTQ flag right. like their little DP on, on social media for Pride Month right they'll right. do the rainbow for Pride Month it's kind of like when they post like things about women's liberation and women's history and mm-hmm. on that day only yeah like black history month and stuff like that if you look at the structures of their company and the way yeah. they treat women within companies or in like society then you know it doesn't speak the same volume yeah and ultimately it just goes to show like revolution can't be capitalized and revolution isn't capitalist like it's they're, they're such they're such uh, distinct and discrete things from each other like if if something is revolutionary in spirit you can't capitalism will never be able to co-opt that because they are inherently like contradictory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think also obviously um, <clears throat> sort of slightly different topic, but also related. In the news recently, um, again, this is a case that has happened. We're not commenting on the outcome, or well, commenting on the outcome of this case. We're not commenting on the decision that led to the outcome. Mm-hmm. But the um, two judges have passed a ruling um, saying that the Met Police. Um, acted. Let me just get the. Well, this is in the Sarah Everard case, right? Yeah. So basically, um, four women planned a peaceful vigil. Mm-hmm. Um, last is this is crazy. This this time last year, time's gone by so quickly. How, was it this time last year? Yeah, because it was around International Women's Day. That was the most ironic thing about it. Oh my like, god. Um, but yeah, these four women tried to plan a. Um, visual for Sarah Everard following her murder um, and the police shut it down mm-hmm. they, they said no you can't do that mm-hmm. um, then the spontaneous visual happened anyway yeah. um, and obviously we saw how a lot of women were handled very poorly yeah. by the police at that completely unnecessarily in my opinion yeah. um, the most recent ruling which happened yesterday um, judge ruling found that the Met Police breached rights of the visual organisers this mm-hmm. time last year by not by saying to them that you shouldn't have um, the vigil got, had this event. Bearing in mind it was happening during COVID, but then at the same time, these things can be carried out like 
COVID friendly. Yeah. It was in an outside <coughs> space. Like, I, I mean, their their objection to it was definitely not because of COVID. Yeah, I mean, of, yeah, in our in, in our my opinion, opinion, yeah. Um, but and like I said, we're not gonna delve into it now because the judge ruling has happened. But I think one year on, mm. just this kind of just like, are we really again anywhere? again around International Women's Day? Yeah, are we really any further? down i mean obviously that's uh, in my opinion i'm happy with the outcome of this case but like uh-huh. yeah sigh the met the, the met police has really not had a lot i mean uh-huh. there's been a there's been there's been a lot um over this isn't to say that this hasn't been going on for time but uh-huh. i think there's been a lot of public a lot of things um, have been shed, shed yeah, light on yeah over the past year uh-huh. and have they replaced crest of the dick yet i don't know you no. know I don't know and I don't know how much difference it will make ultimately to be completely honest with you that's just my take on it so anyway guys one trillion lions versus the sun (laughs) (laughs) ultimately what we're saying is if you if you are coming out and you're like you know calling yourself a feminist and you're sharing feminist rhetoric and feminist kind of women empowerment and things like that and especially if you are white think about the scope of your feminism and think about who it includes and think about think about what you might be co-opting think about who think about who you might be erasing in in the process of your feminism um and think about who you need to make space for and who you need to uplift that's 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 what my stance is yeah like before when you were talking about um the the difference between um women of color who might um be showcasing these revolutionary people Mm -hmm. and then you have like other people who Mm -hmm. um might be white and are um just say giving a shout out to the mate sort of thing i think in practice Mm -hmm. that's like at face value that's it's that, cute that, 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 that's okay yeah but and i don't think there should there's not like we talk about social activism there shouldn't be a need for people to be like oh this that i think it's just if you are i think it's just people need to actually educate themselves yeah, and understand as, as what, long as, what, it, yeah, what the day is as I, it, like with everything as long as you are actively engaging with this topic when it comes yeah. about if you're going to engage with it and give a shout out to your mates maybe also like literally just like just read a paragraph about like a a woman that this is based on you know you know what i mean like but that's the thing right because 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 my problem is with like white feminism is very apolitical it's very very apolitical it's very fluffy it's very palatable It, it kind of repackages things as being about like like feminism in the west from what i've seen is a lot of it is just kind of like I, I, I use an example before like oh armpit hair body hair things like that right like beauty standards or whatever not saying that these are not important things to consider absolutely they are but like then you consider the fact that like and, 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 and like a lot of these a lot of these people who come forward and they'll give like kind of empty platitudes offer empty platitudes you know to commemorate International Women's Day but then generally are quite apolitical for example th- things that happen like the refugee crises and the migrant crises and the way immigrant women are treated in this country and the way women of color are treated in this country the way muslim women are treated in this country like like all of these things i don't see i've never in my life seen any white feminist any white woman even come forward to speak about like women of color 
I can never in my life ever fight and this is me speaking from uh, uh, my lived experiences I can never imagine for example someone like my mom who is like a visibly Muslim brown Muslim woman who wears a hijab who can't who speaks very broken English I can never in my life imagine a white woman ever advocating for someone like her I think that, that that's you hit the nail on the head with the advocating because I think a lot of white women might listen to what you've just said and then be like they'll go out and be like okay yeah I need to do this and then end up being like the girl is wearing the t-shirt yeah. what you need to do is actually advocate for yeah. and give a voice to these mm-hmm. other women who are often silenced yeah. in a way that you're not yeah. like and just educate yourself educate others but that doesn't mean that you need to kind of trigger people mm. and traumatize people yeah all i'm asking yeah. is just it's just literally for white feminists just consider the scope of your feminism that's it that's all i'm asking because if you call yourself a feminist then things like the, the refugee crisis the migrant crisis the citizenship crisis all of these things are are a feminist issue all of these things should be on your plate right that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. any final words simran <laughs> <laughs> It's tiring, honestly. Like, it is, I think, it? like you say, like people focus, like choose to focus, choosing to focus on stuff like body hair and quite menial things. It kind of negates from the real argument and kind of downplays the idea of why people fight for feminism so radically and so like intensely. Because thinking about underarm hair versus like systemic injustices against women and especially women of color over mm-hmm. decades and decades of time is kind of a bit like. It's a bit of a middle finger, isn't it? Like, it's just like, mm. you having armpit hair doesn't erase, like... A woman in a detention centre in the yeah. UK, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, yeah. how, how, how do those things compare in any way? I think it's like, you can, like, obviously, obviously do what you want with your body. And if people are calling you out for it, or it there is, because obviously there are... It's not to say that they're like, not important. You know, yeah, they're not it's not to say that they, they come from nowhere. I'm not, I'm not invalidating the argument, but it's yeah. kind of like, if there's like a pyramid of, of stuff that's in right, the right. fighting for, that's the last thing. Those are microaggressions, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like, those yeah. are like the last things of like liberation of like, okay, like now we'll look at body hair and we'll look at self yeah, exactly. and we'll look at like a body image and stuff like that but we need to look at like systemic oppression that goes back decades mm-hmm. or if not centuries first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like and then looking at like societal structures like yeah uh wage differences like you said do you know what i mean like there's yeah so absolutely many like where white about. where white women are in their like in their journey of like f- feminist liberation versus where like women of color are in their journey of feminist liberation it's, like it's not designed. yeah yeah the the, the dissonance the, the the disparity between the two is just it's crazy it's crazy and essentially what i'm what you know what, what we're saying here on the show is that it needs to be a unified movement like you can't it can't be a feminist and a feminist liberation movement for white women and then a feminist liberation for the mm-hmm. rest of the women in the world it can't that can't work you know but that's only gonna take support from the people who are doing that themselves and by that i mean the white women that are portraying this kind of feminism if they're not going to get behind our side of things then we're not going to get anywhere and to be honest it looks like they're not because that like you said their feminism is very fluffy it's like appealing it's you know it's still in some ways it still appeals to like the male gaze and it's still like yeah. it's still very palatable and like digestible and nothing is really that serious yeah it's literally like oh woman power like you know like spice yeah. girls it's like that kind of that yeah, kind yeah. of which is cute which is nice but like yeah that's we we get to that when we solve everything else first mm, mm. it doesn't account for like the very real violences that that non-white women face every day mm. mm-hmm. definitely
Great discussion, guys. Thank you so much for both um, tuning in today. We're going to give a play of my interview with Raheem now, um, who's an artist from Liverpool. He's been on a bit of a hiatus, but he is back with his new single for you. So we're going to give that a play as well. But yeah, nice to speak to you both. See you same nice time to speak to next you. week. Thanks for tuning in, all. Sweet. Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio's South Asian show. My name's Gerns, and I'm joined here by Liverpool's own Raheem. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you, bro. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Honestly, it's nice to finally meet you. Honestly, I've known of you for some time now, um, and really like your music as well. Um, but for the listeners that might not know about Raheem and what you do do you want to just give like a little bit of background about yourself i'm a single songwriter from liverpool and um i've been doing music for for a few years now and and yeah like i said i first came on to you like um i think it was three years ago maybe i think the song that i heard i think it was part of the plan and i can't remember who you were chatting to but it was someone on bbc asian network and immediately i was like okay i kind of like this and then since then i think you released cellular and a few other tracks but then i think pretty much since like lockdown or the past year or so you do seem to have gone off the radar a bit so what what have you been up to in that time do you know what it's been crazy and i and i think i speak for everyone through that lockdown period i mean the last two two years have just been a bit all over the place but um i I, do you know what everything was going really well with music i had um just done loads of stuff with bbc asian network i got bbc future sounds and um i've just done radio one's big weekend but the thing about that was it was meant to be in Dundee, the actual festival. And um, I ended up that they like postponed it, but made us film from home. So we kind of done our, all of our own segment stuff on BBC Introducing from home. And then, yeah, man, lockdown and Corona happened. And I think it was just a perfect opportunity for me to, to just take time out to myself. And I felt like at the very early stages in my career, like with Cellular and part of the plan, um, and those releases, I felt like I was make, the music I was making then was just so it got played on radio. And I just wanted to make music that would like kind of do something, if that made sense. I, I felt like I didn't really have any substance or much substance even. Um, but through lockdown, I guess, taking time to just find myself and, and, and live real life and turn that real life into music. And I think that's kind of how how that those two years have been for me is just finding myself and getting myself to a point where I'm investing everything into my music properly and myself and and trying to make the best music of my life. Basically, you're equivalent of a gap year, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> two gap years, man. Just like just chilling out and just working really hard behind the scenes. Sure, uh, but. Clearly, you've been working hard and it's paid off because I saw that you um, recently signed to Platoon. So do you want to maybe yeah. tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so um, low-key, I'd just been working on loads of music, trying to just get everything together, keep grinding, not really thinking about releasing because I think, you know, we get caught up in that too much. And then, yeah, the Platoon thing just kind of came at the right time. So really grateful for that opportunity and i guess i'm really excited to just see like where it goes and 
and for all of like the new music to come out this year. Um, and yeah, I think I, I'm very blessed to just have a great team around me at the moment and we're all working so hard to try and make this, this dream a reality. Sure, no, and congrats on that as well. And I really hope it works out for you or continues to work out for you. Um, so that brings us to your new single, For You. Um, I think given what you said about part of the plan in cellular like don't get me don't get me wrong i still like those tracks that's how i like found out about you but when i was listening to for you it was definitely a really different side to you and i think given what you just said now it makes a lot of sense about you wanted to be a bit more deep a bit more real because it definitely has got that vulnerability to it or at least that that's what i got from it so do you want to tell us a bit about the process behind making the track and like what it means to you yeah 100 percent. i think you hit the nail on the head to be honest it, it does show that different side of me and i think i like the whole reason that I, I even started this music journey was because of like mental health and um i think as like men we kind of shy away from really showing like how we really feel and, and also, it's just like, there's so many people, it only takes one person out there to kind of be vulnerable and, and show that they're able to to be that person and, and be themselves and, and not put on like an act, do you know what I mean? It's just someone else to think, oh, maybe, you know what, maybe I can do that too. And I feel like everything I was write, I'm writing about and everything you're going to hear in my music is, is things that I've gone through and experiences that I've learned along this journey. And it's all about putting it in a way that people can relate to and think, oh, wow, that actually makes sense to me. And they might have gone through that thing, but not knowing how to put it into words. And I think for me, I'm finding, I'm at the point where I'm able to put it into words for myself. And I hope that it can resonate with with people in their own way and they can take it how how it would mean to them. Nice, yeah. And I think it is it's a bit of a different genre as well. It's almost more of like a ballad compared to I'd say your music before is very much I mean, I'd still say maybe it's still R and B, but your music before is very much R and B like kind of feel good, that sort of vibe, whereas this is yeah not necessarily like say not necessarily having to feel good you can like embrace those emo emotions like whatever they may be so yeah no i think it's, it's really nice i think it's a really strong first track of this new era almost so would you say that the rest of the music that you're planning on releasing is along a similar vibe or is it just that it might be different but it's just not gonna be shying away from anything emotions wise definitely it's not going to shy away from anything emotions wise but it's it's a i feel like i'm taking everyone on my on my kind of journey and and the phases that i i went through and um i think my ref, my music's going to be a great reflection of that and it's kind of the same but there's there's loads of different elements to it but i think the context of it all kind of fuses it together I wanted to ask you as well because obviously for the listeners who um might like be deaf you're obviously a liverpudlian as you can tell by your <laughs> accent um, yeah i wanted to know like what's your thoughts on the liverpudlian music scene because i think until i started in radio i wasn't really aware that there was was much of that liverpudlian scene i think you think liverpool and immediately you're like okay beatles that's it but actually there is such like a thriving music scene and there's like so for example mike larry to name some 
like yeah, people yeah, are yeah, actually totally. doing doing bits there so do you feel a sense of pride like for the city and like sort of representing that or would you say that you're um, just seen as sort of like a uk artist um no i'm definitely seen as a as a liverpoolian artist like and i am proud to to be from liverpool and i think the music culture here is just incredible um if people know about the background of of the music that's come from liverpool you'll know how how incredible some of the artists are and um like there's there's loads of new upcoming artists there's there's so much talent here it's crazy and i think unless you're in it you wouldn't know um but i feel like there's so many people still yet to absolutely smash it out the park and people are still growing and still learning but there's there is some incredible talent in this city and and i am proud to to be a part of that and i'm grateful for it too for sure and i think the fact that you don't necessarily know about it unless you're in it almost makes it still that bit more special like it's still it's there's no fakeness there it is like yeah you can't shy away from it and i I think it's only a matter of time before um the 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 select people from the city you start actually making a massive impact i mean they've already started but there's so many people to name um but yeah i think everybody's gonna gonna get their, their opportunity and they deserve it do you know what i mean yeah for sure obviously you've done like loads of stuff with bbc asian network who've supported you um throughout your musical journey so far which has been amazing um i'd say with your music it's not obviously asian in the sense that it's not of the asian music style or not necessarily incorporating elements of traditional asian music in it do you feel like in spite of that people sometimes would still box you off as sort of like an asian exclusively asian artist rather than seeing you as an r&b or as an artist in your own right or do you think no well i am asian i i'm fine with that let people think what they think it's a funny question that because um at first right like i don't really i'd never looked at myself like a british asian artist or i just was looked at myself as like an artist and this is the kind of music i made because growing up i had so many different influences and I just kind of merged it into my own little thing. But when I started working with BBC Asian Network, it was like, oh, you're a British Asian artist and you're doing this. And like, um, it's nice to see somebody who's like a British Asian artist who isn't making Asian music and is just doing like, you know, I don't even know how to categorize it really, like R&B, pop, um, like soul music kind of that, is in, in that category but i think once once i heard that and it's like british asian artists i thought you know what I'm, I'm actually quite proud to be and and i think i don't put myself in a box of just being a, an asian artist i think i'm a creative and I, i've got loads of different genres and influences from them so i'm, I'm quite proud to kind of have that label if, if that if that's kind of you know what people are going to go by or but for me personally i'm just like i'm just an artist and my my music influences from all over the world so i wouldn't put myself in a box yeah no you can wear that label of british asian with pride without having to conform to anything and that's what we need as well isn't it because i think there are so many different 
musical genres and elements of music out there that are being recognized more and more people just doing their own thing it's nice and refreshing to see someone like yourself who is just before when you were struggling to um sort of articulate what exactly it is that is your like what what music you're doing but at the end of the day you're just doing you and that that's that's what it is it's, it's Raheem you know what I mean it's, it's, it's nice to see that definitely yeah I find it honestly I do I find it hard when people ask me that question because I'm just like yeah my influences are, are, are so all over the place and I just take certain bits from certain genres you know and just fuse it into my own so yeah I think I'm quite proud to have that title but I look at myself as as an artist who's who's in that industry so obviously focusing on for you for now but what's next like have we got more releases lined up like what's your goal for 2022 and beyond yeah so um my next single is going to be out in april towards the end of april and then um i'm just gonna take you on the journey from there to be fair i'm, I'm working on a project at the moment as well so i don't actually have a have a date for that yet but um and i've got a couple of shows lined up too so i'm looking forward to to being able to perform this year and and get this music out there nice yeah no definitely looking forward to that and happy to have you back like obviously you. you have this thing with artists obviously people have their own individual relationships with them and when they're gone or not doing what you would necessarily want them to do in an ideal world you're immediately yeah. like oh why are they not releasing music where are they where have they gone um but it is it's nice to have you back releasing music and just i appreciate that you what you're saying about taking that time off because i know especially in this day and age where it's so common to just try and drop music as much as possible i think it's yeah. really admirable that you took that time off just reflective whatever it is that you needed and then you're back now and yeah looking forward to it thank you man i really appreciate that and i think sometimes you know it does just take time and sometimes you need to focus on like on yourself and and help build yourself and grow and then hopefully that ends up being a reflection of your art so i think for me that was the most important thing to to not have to, to kind of cave into everyone's expectations and and kind of go at my own pace sweet so for any listeners that might want to find you on socials or find your music how is the best way to find you um well you can check out my spotify which is raheem spelled r-v-h-e-e-m and my instagram handles and social medias are r-v-h-e-e-m-o sweet